Welcome to another message from Columbus First Assembly. Thanks for listening as we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God. Our hope is that you're encouraged by today's message. For faith promises. Now, you already have your Bibles? Hopefully that gave you some time at home to uh, get your Bible. And uh, let, me, let me just talk to you from my heart today. The title of my message this morning is Seeking What is Most Valuable. There's a lot of things in life that are valuable. My relationship with Sherry is valuable to me. I treasure it. A little treasure chest there filled with uh, gold and silver coins. I treasure it. I treasure my relationship. I treasure my relationship with my children. And of course, now that I'm a grandfather, I think I probably treasure my relationship with my grandkids more than my kids. Um, but that's, that's just life. I do treasure my job and the finances that are in my life. I don't despise those. I treasure those. I'm glad I have a job. I'm glad that um, checks are deposited in my account every other week. We can treasure those things. We've got to be careful that we don't treasure those things above what is most valuable. For those of you that know me, I love my truck. I really do like my truck. I kind of treasure it, and I run it through the car wash, and I keep it clean, and I vacuum it. I, I really like my house. I treasure my house. I treasure to be able to sit on my deck in the summer and to enjoy my backyard, my koi pond, the scenery. I treasure those things. But it is easy for us with those things that are far more tangible to sometimes put them above what we should treasure the most. It's easy to go there. I treasure my church family. I love being able to look at your faces today. Last week when we only had about 15 people in the building since we did just an online service, you know, we're not packed out this morning, but it's so good to be able to see your faces. So good to know that there are dozens and dozens of you online right now, live, and will be watching this afterwards, that I'm able to share the things that God has placed upon my heart. But as I've been praying for the church this week, many of you individually, I've spoken on the phone with people, in person, some of you uh, on the phone, some in person, and I've also spoken with family and friends this past week or two. I've read social media posts. I've read some of yours and I've read other social media posts. One of the things that happened to me this week was that my heart really went out to how many people are struggling. What people are walking through. Depression, discouragement, grief. And I wrote down this statement and it's kind of just a general statement for today. So many people right now are ripped up by life, torn up by worry and anxiety, and empty and alone because of forced isolation. So many people, so many of you, are ripped up by life, torn up by worry and anxiety, and empty and alone because of forced isolation. 
We're walking through a time when many followers of Jesus Christ, if we're honest, are not doing as well as they could or as well as they would like, and I'm going to tell you, or as well as the God of the universe would like us to be doing and has planned for us to live. God has planned for us to live a lifestyle at a higher plane than many of us are walking. He says, I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. They are plans to bless you and not harm you. They are plans to give you hope in the future. But so many of us, and I've walked through this myself over the past few weeks, are not at the plane God would have me at, are not at the plane I would desire to be at, not at the plane I could be at. And I want to talk to you about something that you and I can do that will begin to bring us back to that place Because sometimes the reason that we are not experiencing that which God has for us is because we're not seeking what is most valuable. I have been in my private devotional time reading through the Old Testament. And so some of my messages, last week's message was stimulated by my reading through the Old Testament. This message is also. Because as I was reading the scriptures uh, about two, three weeks ago, I once again read the 19th Psalm. I love the 19th Psalm. But as I was reading the 19th Psalm, I began to feel a stirring in my heart. And I felt that I needed to remind us all, those in the building, those of you at home, and especially those of you who may not have been walking with Jesus personally for a long time. Because see, I grew up in church. Like many of us have grown up in church. I grew up in church, but I wasn't taught I wasn't taught to seek this thing which is most valuable. And even as I was a young Christian until I was taught to seek this thing which is most valuable, I was not living at the plane God had for me. I was living here. Oh, but I thank God that I attended a church where it was taught and I, was, uh, I learned how to seek that which is most valuable so my life began to rise to the level that God said it could be. There are promises in the 19th Psalm promises about something that will powerfully help you when you are ripped up by life, torn up by worry and anxiety, and empty and alone, whether forced isolation or not forced isolation. God has some promises for us. See, God knows what it takes to live joyfully, with contentment, with long-suffering, and with peace during any difficulty, and even when we're not walking through difficulty. And the one thing, it's not the only thing, but it is one thing. The one thing that we can each do. Now listen up. If you tuned out my introduction, listen to this statement, because this is what we can each do. It's to daily fill your heart with God's word. Daily. I said, I I grew up in a church. I grew up in a church that didn't teach me to be in God's word daily. Oh, I attended church and they read the scripture and I heard the word of God, but that's about all the word of God I ever got. And then I went home and lived life. And then I found the Lord Jesus Christ, but I was still attending this church. But I began to get into the Bible personally because some people encouraged me. And then I attended a church that told me the value of daily feeding my heart and soul from God's word. And so that's what we're going to do this morning in your notes and on the screen. This is just a a general overall point that I want to make. The God who created the universe 
has handed us something which contains powerful promises. I don't know if I'm on camera right now. Bring me back to camera. The God who created the universe has handed us something, handed you something, handed you something, handed you something. Here it is. It's filled with powerful promises. His word. His word. Psalm 19 this morning if you can get to it on your device, get to it in a paper Bible, or just look at it on, on your note sheet, because I put the verses, the, the, the primary verses there, not the entire psalm. Verses 7 through 9, these are the verses that I just want to focus on this morning. Because when believers fill their hearts with God's word, the Bible, listen to what we receive. Starting in verse number 7, the instructions of the Lord are perfect reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. And the laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. Now, with your note sheet in front of you or with a paper Bible in front of you or if you've got your electronic Bible and you want to highlight, I want you to circle some words in each one of these verses because I want you to see the results of getting this thing, this powerful, supernaturally powerful word of God in your heart. Going back to verse 7, the decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Circle. Those words, making wise the simple. If you can bring that up on the screen back. Verse 7 again. Excuse me. The instructions of the Lord are perfect. First one, there it is. Verse 7. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. Your soul may be dry this morning. You came in and you just felt an emptiness in your soul. Do you know that this book this word of God, the instructions of the Lord, they're not only perfect, they revive the soul. If you need your soul revived this morning, one of the ways is through the word of God. Now, the decrees of the Lord are trustworthy. They make wise the simple. Some of you have been asking for some wisdom. You need some insight from God. There are some decisions that you are desiring to make and you're wondering, is that wise for me to do this? Or is it wise for me to stay here? Or is it wise for me to do this? The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Now, the simple is not a word that is somehow demeaning to anybody. It just means you need God's wisdom because for us to God, we're simple in our understanding of things, but God will make us wise. Verse 8, the commandments of the Lord are right. Look what they do. They bring joy to the heart. I'll tell you what, how many of you need joy? I have felt like I've needed joy. In fact, this morning, I feel like I have some joy. There's, there's just something. And I have really spent a great deal of time in God's word this week. And I have been allowing his word to minister to my heart. But one of the things that it's done this week, and also because I'm feeling better after COVID, I'll tell you what, that took away my joy. But uh, the word of God, the commandments of the Lord are right. They bring joy to the heart. Do you need joy this morning? 
Here is the source of joy. But unless you crack the cover, unless you get into it, unless you get it in your heart, it is just nothing more than paper and binding and leather or dots and dashes and ones and zeros or whatever it is electronically. But when it gets in your heart, the commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight. Look at what it says, giving insight for living. Look, we've asked for wisdom, but sometimes we, need, we just need some practical insight for living. How do I handle my marriage? How do I raise kids? How do I handle money? How do I, how do I handle pressure and temptation? How do I handle backbiting individuals? How do I handle my tongue, which oftentimes I'm the one doing the backbiting? How do I handle stress? How do I handle pressure? How do I handle depression? How do I handle discouragement? Guess what? The commands of the Lord are clear. They give insight for living. It's in here. Are you finding it? Are you feasting on it? Are you eating it? See, my concern as I was praying for folks, and some of my concern, you in the building and you at home, is maybe you've never gotten into the habit. Maybe you've gotten out of the habit of daily getting in this book. And not, not just a verse, getting the Word of God inside of you. If you've gotten out of the habit, or we're never in the habit, and now we run into a pandemic and an economic uncertainty and all these things, what do you have? You're empty. You're dry. If that's you, starting today, you need to get into his word daily. And then it goes on and it says, reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. And then lastly, the laws of the Lord are true. I, I put in my notes, and you might want to write on the side, truth. The laws of the Lord are truth. God's word is not just true, it's truth. It is truth that you can depend on. The laws of the Lord are true, and each one is fair. And you can say, well, that's, that's great that God would say all this about his word, and I, I think it's wonderful, but, you know, how can I believe this, or why should I believe this? And when David wrote this psalm, King David, actually, these are the middle verses in the song, uh, the song or the psalm, either way, it was a song for Israel, it's a psalm for us. But when King David wrote this psalm, he actually didn't start with the promises. He didn't start with the things, the power of the word of God. He started someplace else. So let's go to the very beginning. This is not in your notes, but it'll be coming up on the screen. Look at what the first verses say. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. When I came to the office this morning... The sky was clear, there was a lot of light pollution, so I could only see a half a dozen to a dozen stars in the moon. But then the sun came up and the sky filled with beauty. See, the heavens declare the glory of God, or they proclaim the glory of God, and the skies display his craftsmanship. When you have the opportunity to really gaze, or when you have the opportunity to go online and look at the images that are captured by telescopes, or the images that are captured on parts of our planet where there's not a lot of light pollution, and you look at the skies, the night sky, the skies are speaking to us about this awesome God. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. And day after day, 
Every day they continue to speak. And night after night, they make him known. Now they speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. You can't be any place on planet earth where the skies are not declaring God's glory and his craftsmanship. And then David puts in a little illustration in verses 6 and 7, and then we come back to the part of the message that I'm preaching today. See, David said, this God who created it all, who have the heavens are declaring how fantastic he is, the instructions that he gives us, verse 7, the instructions of the Lord, they're perfect. And they're reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commands of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true, and each one is fair. This morning, listen to me. For those of us who are ripped up by life, torn up by worry and anxiety, and empty and alone because forced isolation, the God who created the universe has handed us something, given it to us, which contains powerful promises of what happens when we put this in our heart, his word. Oh, there are so many other promises, and I'm just going to read a few. I, I chose Psalm 19 just to set the, say it's the stage, but in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, this is what the Bible says. All Scripture is inspired by God. Literally, inspired by God means God breathed. God breathed this. All these words that were penned by human authors were actually breathed by God. They are inspired. They are inerrant. They are God's word for his people. In the original languages, they're perfect, but the translators work so hard to translate into our language, into English or into Spanish or into Russian or into any of the African languages. They work hard because they know that they want to be faithful to what God spoke through the men who penned this so that we would be able to receive from his power. All scripture is inspired by God and it's useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives because we don't want to live in such a way that we're going to bring uh, negative things in our life. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and to equip his people to do every good work. Psalm number one, one of my favorite psalms. Early in my Christian walk, I learned this psalm, and it's, it, it got into my heart deeply, and it's one of the reasons that I passionately We'll preach to you about the word of God. Look what Psalm 1 says. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on a day and night. What is the results of those who are not following the advice of the wicked or standing around with sinners or joining in with mockers? What are the results of those who delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on a day and night? They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit every season. Their leaves never wither. And then this is the promise that I have thought about, confessed, prayed, and they prosper in all they do. The way I have it memorized from the old New American Standard, in everything they do, they prosper. Why? Because they have made the word of God their delight meditating on it 
day and night. Psalm 119 verse 11 is another one, a promise. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119 verse 105. How do we, um, the, thy, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. 119th Psalm is an incredible psalm about the word of God and its value for us. See, we need to seek what is most valuable what is most valuable, one of the things that is most valuable is God's word. So, how do we experience the promises attached to the word? How do we experience this book? In your notes, very easy. We read, or you could put someplace on there. We listen to, if you want to do it, audio. We, we read the scripture this morning so that you could hear it. We read it, learn it, and obey it. That's how you experience the promise attached to his word. You read it regularly, systematically, in quantity. And as you're reading it, you learn it. You take the effort to learn what it says. And then you take it the next step and you obey it. That's how you experience the promises attached to his word. And I'll tell you from personal experience, First of all, the enemy works hard for you not to do these things because he knows what power exists here. But you will only do this if you value it. That's why I said seeking what is most valuable. These promises help us to see why the word of God is valuable. We've looked at the glory and the power of God. That helps us to um, see what is valuable. But Psalm 19, is that me? I'm, I'm popping, huh? Okay. Hopefully I will stop popping, but if I continue to pop, I'll grab another mic. Psalm 19 goes even further. Verses 9 through 11. Bring them up on the screen. Thank you, Sherry. Once again, Psalm 19, starting in verse 9. The law of the Lord, the laws of the Lord are true, and each one is fair. Now look at what the Bible declares of itself. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. And they are sweeter than honey, even honey dripped from the comb. Honey is a pleasurable item. We could substitute honey for anything else that we consider to be, to give us pleasure. They are a warning to your servant. They warn us. And they're also a great reward for those who obey them. So look at it again. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even, fine, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. Now I want to talk to you. Just I want to talk to you. How many of you today, how many of you this morning, those of you that are mature, those of you that aren't mature in the faith, those of you that are at home watching online, how many of you be honest enough and say, do you desire God's word more? Is it more desirable to you than gold? Money of any kind, your savings account. Is God's word sweeter to you than the most pleasurable thing that you have? Whether that be entertainment whether that be food, whether that be beauty, 
whether that be a relationship, is God's word more desirable to you than the finest of gold? Is it sweeter to you than honey, even the finest of things that you seek? And those of us who will be honest, including myself, as I ask myself this question, there are days that I'm much more desiring my savings account to have some more in it, my house to be paid down, my retirement fund to be more funded than I desire God's word. We need to flip some things in our life we need to get in place those things that God said are far more valuable to us in the long run, in us being able to handle being ripped up by life, torn up by worry and anxiety, empty and alone because of forced isolation. We've got to begin to value that which God says is the most valuable. And one of those things is his word. In your notes, Last, one of the last statements here. Eating daily from God's word is a source of power each of us needs to survive and even thrive in these difficult times and in all times, but we must read, learn, and obey. And for those of you doing fine right now, doing well right now, eating daily from God's word is a source of power each of us needs to survive or even thrive during good times. But you still must read, learn, and obey. And it's not instant, it's progressive. The strength, the joy, the wisdom, the, the, the spiritual health that it brings. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He was actually quoting from the Old Testament when he said that. But it is true. You shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This book is vital. It is unlike any other book. There are very few books that I have read more than once. There's one I'm reading now, a business book, a leadership book that I'm reading now for the second time. There's another book I'm reading for the fourth time. These are books that have really impacted me. But this book, I have read dozens of times, dozens and dozens of times. There are parts of this book I have read hundreds of times. This book is unlike any other book. This is a supernaturally inspired book that has power for the man or the woman, the teenager, and even the children who will take it and get it in their heart. Eating daily from God's word is a source of power each of us needs to survive and even thrive during difficult, during good, during all the times of our life. So how do we do it? How do we do it? I'm just going to give you just briefly um, a couple of things. First of all, you need to be in it daily. 
And then you need to be in God's word systematically. So I put together a long time ago. I've offered it to you before. It's, uh, I've left bookmarks on the table. Put the uh, picture of the bookmark up, please. This is a bookmark that I have prepared. It is a systematic New Testament reading guide. They're on the back table. For those of you that aren't here, it's already on Facebook. At 11 o'clock this morning, there is a slide there that gives this systematic New Testament reading guide. What you want to do is every day follow a plan. And I'm, uh, my own plan is I set aside at least 15 minutes daily to read. And I want you to read, especially if you're new in the faith, I want you to read the New Testament over and over and over again, starting in the book of Matthew. But notice that I didn't put Mark next, which is the next book. I told you to go to Ma from Matthew to Acts and then to Romans because I don't want you to read the four Gospels in a row. I want you to intersperse them. So in this New Testament reading plan, you read Matthew and then Acts and then Romans and then Mark and then First and Second Corinthians and then we go back to Luke and then Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians and then John and then Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy and guess what I gave you again? Matthew. Why? I want you to hear and to experience and to let the words of Jesus get in your heart. So you'll actually read all four Gospels and the book of Acts twice in this New Testament reading guide. If you don't want to read the Gospels twice, then go ahead and skip them the second time. But I, this is the plan I follow when I'm reading the New Testament. I, I, I created this for myself. I created this for my last church and I passed it on to this church. This is how I read my New Testament. I want to read the words of Jesus more often than the other words, and I want to read it systematically so that I read the entire New Testament, 15 minutes a day. If you have been a Bible reader for a long period of time, and you have this already built in, you may want to go on a one-year Bible reading plan, which you'll read the New Testament and the Old Testament all in one year. That's a good plan also. As I mentioned to you right now, I am not systematically reading the New Testament. I am systematically reading through the Old Testament. Find what works for you and stick to it. Find what works for you and stick to it. But daily, in God's word, 15 minutes or so a day. Now, as I wind this down, if I was to go this spring to one of the nurseries here in town and buy a peach tree, a small little sapling. You know, they're going to come in a pot. And I'm going to plant this peach tree in my backyard. Okay? If I see that it is watered, if I spread some fertilizer upon it, around it, if I stake it so that the wind doesn't blow it down, what can I expect from this peach tree in a few years? Everybody out loud and at home, what can I expect from this peach tree in a few years? Peaches. Absolutely. If I've taken care of the peach tree, I'm going to get peaches because peaches are the natural outcome of planting and caring for a peach tree. Does that make sense? Peaches are the natural outcome of planting and caring for a peach tree. Now, I used this illustration once, and I, I think it was this illustration. Somebody says, no, you won't, because you have to have two peach trees before you get peaches. So maybe that's the case. So if that is the case, and if some of you know about peaches, do, if I need two peach trees, then let's take the illustration, and I've planted two, and I've cared for them. Peaches are the natural outcome of planting and caring for a peach tree. Now, hear this. Everybody hear it. It's not in your notes, not on the screen. Open wide your ears. 
Those things that the Bible promises are the natural outcome of a life that gets God's word in their hearts daily. Too often we worry about why our soul's not revived or why we haven't gained wisdom or why our hearts don't have joy or why we're not gaining insight for living. Those things are necessary to motivate us. They don't happen on day one. But if you will read and learn and obey today and read and learn and obey tomorrow and read and learn and obey on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, this week, next week, this month, next month, next month, next month, 2021, 2022, the compiling of God's word in our heart will bring the reviving of your soul the gaining of wisdom, bringing joy to your heart, and gaining insight for living because these are the natural, supernatural outcomes of daily reading, learning, and obeying God's word. And now, people of God, more than ever, each of us needs these promises to be released in our life. So we've got to get the word of God in. Let it do its work. Book of Hebrews says the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, able to reveal the intentions of our heart. It is a living, powerful book God has placed it in our hands. We as a culture have so much access to the word of God that other places in the world do not. And maybe because we have so much access to it is why we don't value it as much as other places. I saw a video a year or two ago. Um, I've never been able to use it in service, just didn't fit, and it just came to mind now, or I would have shown it to you today. It was a video of a group of Chinese Christians Young adults, children, older adults, missionaries had brought in the Bible in Mandarin Chinese and they opened the boxes and they placed a Bible in each one of these Chinese believers' hands, not just pastors. They placed it in each one of these Chinese believers' hands. The tears the praise, the thanksgiving, the reverence, the value that these who did not have that which we have at the tip of our fingers, at the turning on of a device, they valued his word. Maybe we need to get to a point where our hearts value it so much and then we will see it revolutionizing our lives. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, your word is living and active. It is powerful. It is food. It is a lamp. It is a reviving for our soul. It is the ability to give us wisdom, joy, insight for living. It is truth. It is fair. Thank you for your word. Lord, this morning, we recommit ourselves, those of us that are doing it, to getting your word daily 
in our souls and in our hearts. And if there are those who were like me, growing up without being told the value of daily eating from your word, may they begin to start and in the name of Jesus, I pray that they would have strength and determination that when the enemy tells them it's not working or it's foolish for them to do it, that they'll do it anyways. That they will remember the illustration of the peach tree. It's going to take two, three, four, five, six years before that peach tree has peaches. And it's going to take a few weeks, maybe even a few months before the promises begin to manifest themselves in their lives. And I pray that they will hold on and that they'll stand against the enemy who would keep them from grabbing onto God's word. Oh, Lord, thank you for this marvelous book. Thank you that we have it so freely available to us. May we learn to value it. You've been listening to a message from Columbus First Assembly. We hope that you've been encouraged in your spiritual journey. If you're not part of a local church and would like to attend one of our regular services, our church is located at the corner of 10th and Iowa Street in Columbus, Indiana. Our Sunday morning worship services start at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday evening studies begin at 7 p.m. And while you're online, check out our website at columbusfirstassembly.org for details and information about our church. You will also find other messages and series that you can listen to or download. Thanks for spending some time with us and for taking advantage of this resource from Columbus First Assembly, where we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God.